Welcome to It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle senior political writer. Oakland's mayoral race is a toss-up as it heads into its final days. Polls say that two first-term city council members are in a dead heat before Election Day, Lauren Taylor and Shang Tao. But the race isn't as simple as a one-on-one battle. Oakland is a city that uses ranked choice voting, and there are 10 candidates in the race. Here's how ranked choice, or instant runoff voting, as it is also known, works. You can rank up to five candidates in order of preference on your ballot. If no candidate receives a majority in the first count, the lowest ranking candidate is dropped from the ballot. Any ballot that had that eliminated candidate at the top, its votes go to the voter's second choice. That process continues until someone has 50% plus one vote. Anything could happen under this system. In the 2010 Oakland mayor's race, the candidate who won the most first place votes in the first round of voting didn't ultimately become the mayor. The person with the second most first place votes, Gene Kwan, eventually did. With 10 candidates, it could be several days before a winner is crowned. In the meantime, there's all sorts of intrigue going on in the race. Alliances are being formed between candidates, other candidates are going solo, and huge amounts of money from outside groups is shaping the race. And as an Oakland resident, I've received enough campaign mailers at my house to build an ADU in the back. Joining me to talk about the race is Jim Ross, a longtime Democratic consultant who lives in Oakland and is working on an unrelated ballot measure there. He's not working for any campaign, but he supports Sheng Tao. And also talked to Sarah Ravani, a Chronicle reporter who covers Oakland and recently broke a story about the race. Here's Taylor and Reed talking about their alliance during an event in front of Oakland City Hall the other day. We are here because we can't do it alone. No one individual is going to save the day. We must do it together. As the adage says, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. They formed an alliance because in ranked choice voting, not only are your first place votes important, second place tallies are too. So they're asking each other's supporters to put them number one and two on their ballots. Their alliance makes political sense in other ways too. The two candidates represent different parts of East Oakland and were two of the more moderate members of the city council, often voting together against their more progressive colleagues, including Tao. Together, their feeling is they could consolidate and possibly energize the black vote in East Oakland and present a united, more moderate option to voters in the wealthier Oakland Hills who might be seeking an alternative to their progressive rivals. Here's my interview with Oakland Democratic consultant Jim Ross. Jim Ross, welcome to It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So the other day, two candidates, first-term council members Lauren Taylor and Treva Reed, formed an alliance. Taylor told voters, if I'm your first choice, make Reed your second. Reed said, if I'm your first choice, make Taylor your second. Why would they do that, and what is the value of that? Usually what they're looking to do is try to expand their basis of support. You know, they're trying to get more more voters to to join them. Also, it it tends to give the two candidates kind of a little boost of momentum. You know, they're both talking about each other positively. It gives them a little bit of of momentum. But one thing that we've seen is that it hasn't really been successful. Um, One of the issues I think that, you know, both Lauren Taylor and Trevor Reed have, Oakland uh, Chamber of Commerce released a poll about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, that kind of show this, 
is just the pool of votes that they're both pulling from. I think, you know, Lauren Taylor, I'm doing this from memory, was it like 21%? And then Trevor Reed had, you know, just under 10%. You know, even if all of those votes translate, nobody's getting more than 30% of the of the vote, right? You know, even with ranked choice voting, it's the pool of voters isn't big enough using a technique like this to get to the vote count that they need. The progressive candidates in the race, uh, Council Member Shang Tao, former school board member Greg Hodge, Attorney Elisa Victory, they haven't formed an official alliance, uh, nor is uh, arguably the, the most conservative for Oakland standards, <laughs> Ignacio De La Fuente. Uh, he hasn't uh, formed one either. Why not? And isn't that wise? Should they should they be teaming up with someone or, or not? These alliances, these you know slates or those types of things have never really worked in a ranked choice voting environment. Really, usually the strategy that we've always seen that has worked, the one that we've done with ranked choice voting is, how do you get your candidate into the top two? Um, you know, you basically run ranked choice voting like a runoff election, you know, where you're trying first to get to the top two, and then you're, then you want to create a contrast between yourself and whoever the second place or first place candidate is. And that's, I think, you know, um, really the, the strategy that works, not necessarily like trying to create these alliances, because then it just kind of confuses voters. Voters are really looking for, you know, what's the choice? You know, elections are about making choices. You know, that's what voters are doing. They're choosing. You want to create as clear a choice for them as possible. Now, vote, uh, let's talk about voters. That's how candidates should act. How should voters uh, behave <laughs> in, a, in a ranked choice voting? Because people ask me all the time, you know, how many people should I vote for? They will have five choices. I always offer two pieces of advice. One, you don't have to fill in all five names and don't put anyone on your ballot who you don't want to see become mayor of Oakland or whatever the case may be. Is that Are those decent uh, pieces of advice and do you have any others? Yeah, I think that those are really good pieces of advice. I always say vote for who you want to be mayor or want to be whoever it is first. Don't try to game it out. If you like a candidate, vote for them. And then pick the other ones. You know, people are, oh, is there a way to vote strategically around RCV? And there's really not. Don't worry about it. Just vote for who you like. Now, it's interesting. You, you mentioned that they have five choices here in Oakland. You know, five is a lot. Podge, uh, you know, Alicia Victory. These candidates are going to have a real impact because a lot of them are going to get, you know, they're probably going to end up getting 10%, 12% of the vote. How their second choice votes redistribute is going to be really crucial. That could actually be the difference between winning and losing. The other thing you're going to see is you're going to see what we call exhausted ballots. So you're going to see people whose ballot, they've all their choices are done. You know, in ranked choice voting, you need to get to 50% plus one of the total votes remaining. So in an environment where you could have in the final vote count as many as 10% of the votes exhausted for Shang Tao and Lauren Taylor, the two front runners, Getting as many first place votes as possible becomes really important because as the as the universe diminishes, you keep those votes. The votes you need to get to 50% plus one diminishes over that that count. So, you know, in, the, in a race like this, you know, two things are really going to happen. How not just how uh, uh, votes redistribute, but what happens when 
the ballots start to get exhausted and that number comes down. Let's talk about money. And you and I have spoken about this over the last few months. Uh, there's a lot of money, extraordinary amount of money for Oakland coming into this race. Labor organizations have spent more than $800,000 in support of Shang Tao. She's received virtually all of the endorsements from labor organizations, which is huge in Oakland because as uh, someone I know told me, roughly 60% of the households in Oakland include a union member. How, how far does $800,000 go in a city like Oakland? But they're expecting maybe 140,000 people are going to vote. I mean, it's about half the size of San Francisco. So it'd be, you know, about 1.6 million compared to a San Francisco race. You know, so it goes pretty far, right? This is a real, like, able to get the message out. But it's not like, you know, some of the races, like I did the campaign against the recall in San Francisco in the spring, where they spent $9 million. The Chase of Boudin recall. Yeah, you know, they spent $9 million there. So that would be like spending $4 million in Oakland, right? You know, so it's a it's a, it's a a good, you know, big chunk of money, but it's not like an overwhelming amount of money, you know, being spent. But in executive races, you know, the election's defined by the incumbent. And really, this is a, a referendum on Libby Schaff in a lot of ways for a lot of voters. It's it's an odd conversation because the three top candidates, three, three of the top four candidates are first-term council members. Uh, Tao stresses her experience on the board, 10 years working in city council, largely as an aide for Rebecca Kaplan. But she's, you know, she talks about her experience at the same time she's the change candidate. So it's, it's going to be a challenge for voters I want to talk about money coming to Ignacio de la Fuente. Most of it is from outside groups that want to build a coal transport terminal in Oakland, something that the current council has banned and is now in litigation. They spent about $550,000 independently in support of de la Fuente. He's the only major candidate to back the coal terminal. How was that reshaping the race? Ignacio wasn't on the map early, kind of started a little bit later than the other candidates, and now he's running third in that Oakland chamber poll. How is that money change this race? A lot of this kind of money's coming in late and we don't have a new file from Oakland. You know, we don't have a new voter file, but you know, as of Friday, 10% of the votes basically that are going to be cast in Oakland were already cast and processed. It used to be like, you know, there would always be like the last two weeks surprise going into the election, that type of thing. And, you know, late media is having less and less of an impact in these races. So, you know, it's half a million dollars, which is not a small amount of money in Oakland, but I just, you know, I wonder how much it burns through. I mean, um, with with somebody like Ignacio, who is kind of out there, but he hasn't really been around. He's 73 years old. He retired about almost 10 years ago, correct? Yeah. So the other day, my Chronicle colleague, Sarah Ravani, broke the story about an ethics complaint being filed against Shang Tao by one of her former city council employees. The employee alleged that Tao required her to work on her mayoral campaign while receiving a salary from the city. And when that staffer refused to do that, she said she was fired. Now, Tao has denied all of these allegations. And we'll be talking about this more later in the podcast with Sarah. But can this sort of story matter at this late stage of the campaign? I mean, you never want to end with something like this. You know, you always want to end on an up note. You always want to end with, with your opponent facing this stuff. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how the, it breaks here the last, last week or so. You know, I think that the real question is in voters' minds, is who's going to clean up the streets? Who's going to do like the basic stuff? People in Oakland are, are less worried about, I mean, they're always worried about ethics, but I think they're less worried about kind of all these complaints getting kind of caught up in the wash and much more focused on who's going to deal with the concrete problems that they face every single day. Um, there's the old saying, there's no Republican way to pick up garbage. 
people in Oakland just want somebody to go do it, right? They want to get this stuff done. And perhaps the most important question, given that we have 10 candidates and a ranked choice voting system, when will we know who the next mayor of Oakland is? I've heard at least Friday. The votes will keep getting counted and, you know, coming in until Friday. I mean, we saw that on the on the booting recall race, right? You know, we moved 10 points with the late late absentees and, le- and the election's late. So we'll know before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're really going out on a limb there, Jim, with that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I think we'll have a good sense by Friday. You know, we might know on election night, you know, but I just think it's going to be close. You know, I feel like this race right now feels like a toss up to me in town. Feels like it's really close. So I think that that we're going to have to wait to see like all the ballots or a big chunk of the ballots getting in and counted before we'll know. But I think we'll know by Friday. Jim Ross, thank you for being on It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. Uh, thank Jim you for Ross having me. Jim Ross is a longtime Democratic strategist who lives in Oakland. After a short break, I'll talk to the Chronicle's East Bay reporter, Sarah Ravani, about the story she broke about one candidate in the race. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. And now let's talk to the Chronicle's East Bay reporter, Sarah Ravani. Welcome back to It's All Political on Fifth Emission. How are you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. All right, you had a scoop the other day about council member Shang Tao. And it involves someone who used to work for her filing a complaint with Oakland's Ethics Commission. Tell us what that was all about. Leanna Powell, who worked for council member Shang Tao, she worked for her for less than 90 days before she was fired. Um, She alleged that council member Tao had her city staff working on her campaign during city time, which is a big no-no in the city. And on Friday, the Ethics Commission opened an investigation into Powell's allegations, which are not proven. So, you know, the Ethics Commission has to investigate it, but they're looking into it. Uh, It's late in the campaign. How do you think this could affect the race in the last few days? I think it raises questions into how Councilmember Tao's staff may have been using their time, but I don't know that it's going to make a major dent um, on the campaign. Voters have had their ballots. People may know which way they want to go despite, you know, the ethics investigation. Now, of course, Oakland does ranked choice voting. How are you seeing the uh, ranked choice voting machinations play out here? We, we've had an alliance form in recent days. There is an alliance formed between Lauren Taylor and Treva Reed. And then there is also kind of the People's Choice Alliance that has emerged a bit with Shang Tao, Elisa Victory, and Greg Hodge. You know, and then we have the poll that showed Shang Tao and Lauren Taylor being neck and neck. I think it will be neck and neck. I think it's going to be a really close race. So it will be very interesting to see how those second place votes come into play. Second place votes are very important in ranked choice voting because it's so close and it's it's going to be remaining close over the next few days. We've also seen how outside money has played a large role in this campaign. Interests representing labor, organized labor, have spent over 800000 on Shang Tao. Uh, these are independent groups uh, and, and other independent groups funded by a hedge fund manager and uh, developers that want a coal export terminal in Oakland have raised $550,000 for Ignacio De La Fuente. It looks like it's put uh, Ignacio De La Fuente on the map. We weren't talking about him in the early polls. He wasn't, uh, you know, in, insider polls, he wasn't doing well. 
But in the latest poll, where's he at? The the uh, public poll by the uh, uh, Oakland Chamber of Commerce. He's in third place. So he's about 10 points behind um, Tao and Taylor, but he's still third place and there's, you know, 10 candidates. So uh, I think it's definitely made a dent. Um, and also, I think initially, Joe, you had written about how there isn't necessarily a lot of name recognition in this race. So I'm sure the numerous mailers and whatnot have probably helped people start to recognize who some of these candidates are. Oh, it's definitely helped uh, Shang Tao, a uh, first-term council member, uh, as well as uh, Taylor, who is also a first-term council member. And I think it's reminded people of who Ignacio De La Fuente is and was. He was on the council uh, you know, for more than 20 years from the 90s when Jerry Brown was uh, mayor. Speaking of, there is a mailer uh, from a pro-De La Fuente committee that shows him Uh, standing uh, next to Jerry Brown and talking about how they work together. Heads up, Jerry Brown has not endorsed in this race. So are are you seeing other stuff on these these mailers that they're like, well, that's interesting, but not really accurate? Yeah, there is a mailer out there, which I think one of Mayor Schaaf's current staffers kind of put together about like a housing slate. And it includes Lauren Taylor, it includes Trevor Reed, and then Greg Hodge. And Greg Hodge kind of came out on Twitter and said, you know, I did not know about this mailer going out. Nobody asked me. I do not stand with this group or these ideals. And so there's a little bit of a little bit of drama. We've also seen a mailer, I think, that showed Trevor Reed and Shang Tao together. Big, big picture of them on the on the front of the mailer. Yeah. And, you know, Trevor has Trevor Reed has, you know, formed an alliance with Lauren Taylor. So kind of interesting to see these mailers that are coming into play and just how they're kind of communicating their message. The most important question perhaps is when will we know who the next mayor of Oakland will be? We're kind of in uncharted territory here because not only is it ranked choice voting, but this time voters can rank up to five candidates. So the sifting through of all this could take a while. Unfortunately, I don't think it will be Tuesday night as many of us hope it would be. I think you know, probably by the end of the week, Thursday at the earliest, likely Friday. So it'll be a long election night for sure. Yeah. So don't stay up uh, late Tuesday night expecting to know who the next mayor of Oakland will be. That's your advice for voters. Yes. We'll stay up for you, though. (laughs) We will stay up for you. Sarah, thanks so much. Thanks, Joe. I'd like to thank you all for listening and hope that you and your families are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank Jim Ross and Sarah Ravani for joining me on the podcast today. I'd like to thank Sarah Feldberg for producing this episode. And remember, no matter who your second choice is on your ranked choice ballot, it's all political.